0: February fourteenth. Welcome back to Edgeworth. I'm Zach Phillips, and what better group of people to be spending my Valentine's Day with than Alex Moretto and Matt Albert? What a lovely morning, gentlemen. Happy to see your faces. We'll get into the three NHL games for tonight. We'll break down those. We'll give out our best bets as well as recap the night that we had last night. Look, no matter what happens here on the show, good nights, bad nights. We're gonna be honest. We're gonna be transparent. We're gonna recap all of those. So a two and seven night for us last night, but we'll break it all down here as long as well as some Slavkovsky talk, uh, some Slavkovsky, or as Albert and I thought, something else here this morning when Moretto hopped on. We'll talk about some suspension stuff. We'll talk about some Schusterkin talk. Uh, Rangers talk radio will get underway here. So a lot to get through during today's show. But before we can get to any of that, I want to remind people that today's show, as always, is sponsored by Stamp. The easiest way to improve as a sports better is by using multiple sports books and always getting the best odds. And we recommend using an odds comparison tool like Betstamp to help you do so. Betstamp compares odds across every sports book, whether it's for games, futures, or player props. You can save time and money by checking Betstamp before you bet. So make sure to download the app today. It is available on iOS, Android, as well as on the web. And if you are looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app slash edgework that's betstamp.app slash edgework the link is available in the description of the show as well so make sure to check that out but moreto let's first and foremost go to this two and seven night last night i mean as tough as that was for us we're still 235 234 and five on the year so record is what it is whatever slightly above 500 there slightly but that's not what's important we're a six percent roi we're up 28 units on the season so we'll still carry that through Take us through the two and seven night last night. What happened there? And uh, what are we going to do to improve it here today?
1: Yeah, conveniently, Russell's not here to defend his own three <laughs> night on side. So I got to just take that one on the fucking chin. Um, Russell, uh, Russell had the Preds, Caps, Blues, um, weren't even close. Not one of them. Uh, my sides, I had the Jackets and the Ducks weren't even close. Not one of them. So a uh, pretty abysmal night. Uh, on sides I pretty much as bad as it could possibly get not one of those had a chance to get home so that's awesome that's what you like to see so glad we could give those ones out um in terms of totals (laughs) uh Lightning Bruins under gets home Canucks Hawks over gets home Oilers Wings under uh we just I I mean I called that the Wings I'm just not going to win a Wings total this year so fuck the Wings um glad we could God, we could lose that one with what like 12 goals it's just disgusting yes. just not even played double the total um only basically like honestly the results were completely warranted outside of the only one that i think uh maybe deserved better was devil's preds over the over six and a half there we got a plus money um there were over seven goals scored uh, our se- seven expected goals generated at five on five in that game it was very high event game like we expected over nine expected goals in all situations um Saros just turned back the clock. You know, what can I say? 2.3 goals saved above expected. I said this is going to be a high event game, and I don't trust either goal to necessarily deny us the goal. Basically, uh, I basically asked for that one. Um, yeah, Soros, 2.3 goals saved above expected. And then, of course, we get Nico Dawes, who started the night before in, you know, in their game. Uh, I expected Schmid or Vanichek for sure. I thought Vanacek. um can't believe they started Dawes both games on a back-to-back. He just, you know, stabs a yeah. knife in a little bit more with uh with one. 1.15 goal saved above expected so deserved better there did not deserve better on any of the other four or five losses whatever it was um just a miserable night and i'm happy to uh to move on from that and not talk about it again
0: well yeah and then the other one was as a show we had uh on for russell there uh we had blues money line and that was obviously played in the morning prior to injury news uh but i know myself albert also jumped on that one so that was quite unfortunate i i know we played that one uh, right ahead of game time and just for the leafs it's like I, I mean from both sides first of all you had the leafs who come out no morgan riley no mitch marner no don tavares and They play probably the best defensive game that we've seen them play this season. They allow 15 shots on goal. So I'm sitting there just thinking to myself, like, fucking great. You see the St. Louis Blues basically entered the Leaf zone, I think, like, three times, Albert, in the first period. (laughs) They have, like, two shots on goal, if that, uh, at that point. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, this is very typical Leafs. And then Bobby McMahon, like, the McMahon game. Guy has a hat trick last night to win that one, so... I I know we were both on the opposite side there where we had the blue. So unfortunate result, but, uh, Hey, yeah, I did
2: not have the, uh, Bobby McMahon hat trick on the bingo
0: card last (laughs) night going into the game.
2: It was funny because when that happened yesterday and I kind of see like, you see Marner out, you see Tavares out when in the chat, I was like, all right, which Leafs player is going to have like four points tonight. Mm -hmm. And it was between McMahon and Domi. And I went Domi and obviously it was McMahon, but like, after I think the fourth time you see the blues come down on a two on one and just carry the puck down on the goal line. I'm like, all right, I've had enough of this crap and turn yeah. it off.
0: Yeah. Well, and that was what the other one was. I threw out there to you two. I said like Bertuzzi might be Bertuzzi looks here, uh, grabbing like a anytime goal scorer on him. And then himself having as many chances yeah. as he did post net front opportunities and just can't buy one. So, uh, Tough night all around for the Edgeworth crew, but we'll bounce back here tonight, break down some some of these games. Uh, the other thing that we want to get to about last night is, uh, is Slavkovsky like God now. I'm seeing point comparisons first night. What was it? 92 games in the NHL. Him and Jack Hughes have the same point totals, same goal totals around there through their first. I, I, I'm not going to get the number exactly right, but it was between like 90 to 94 games. Their first night. 90-
2: making up for Kirby something. Doc winning the heart.
0: <laughs> what's going on with Slavkovsky? Where did this come from?
1: I would, I can, I can turn this into a, um, a real like, fuck you to everyone who basically shit on him for the last two years, but like, I will keep it, it civil. And basically no, no, do it. what matters here is that everyone reacting to a first overall pick because of the, he played 30 games last year as an 18 year old. This guy played 30 games, 18 years old, big guys take time to time to adjust in the NHL. It takes some time to get their footing, it Takes some time to get their confidence is a lot of stuff that goes into it. This guy's 18 years old playing on the worst team in the NHL, pretty much with injuries When you factor in injuries and everything. um, This guy's surrounded by no talent. I mean, he's playing on like the third line last year with guys like Jake Evans. It's a disaster. He plays 30 games, gets hurt, Caulfield out for the year, Doc out for the year, all these guys out. He comes in, starts a little bit slower this year, but you can see the confidence start to pick up in his game. And you can see him start to really have his effect. The points weren't there, but you knew if he kept playing, kept that level of play up, the points would come. You got morons on Twitter like TML and Van and these loser accounts that are tweeting out like, oh, is Frazier Minton going to have more points than Slavkovsky this year? Frazier Minton sucks at hockey. This guy might not even be an NHLer. So we got to settle down on that one. Slavkovsky now is at a point where yeah. he is dominating pretty much every shift. he He's on the ice. What The transition we have seen from this guy, from what he was, Last year to the points have started to come. Believe me, the points are coming now. They were always going to come. This guy is out here dominating every shift. He has elevated the guys around him, which is the sign of a great player. He's elevating Suzuki, he's elevating Slavkovsky. They have missed a guy on like their line. This is like <laughs> this is like Bergeron Hatternack and Marshall right now. This top line and Marshall has one line. They have nothing out. This line it is miserable. It is completely miserable. They have no one else to rely on, and they're still winning games because this line just cannot stop scoring. And Slavkowski is 19 years old. What we are seeing him do right now as a 19-year-old is insane. And I think to put this into context, you have to look at guys like Miko Rantan and stuff like that. What they did at this uh, at this point in their careers. This guy, the trajectory that he is on is insane. And I think people are still lost in the fact that he started slow and, oh, he was a first overall pick. So they're kind of holding to these different standards. What we're seeing from this guy, this 6'4", 220-pound power forward at 19 years old is nuts. The trajectory he is on, this guy is going to be a superstar in this league. And um, I think there are a lot of people out there. There are some receipts from a lot of people, myself included, who really wanted Chain Wright at the time. Uh, I, I'll put myself on blast too. I wanted Shane Wright. I wanted to have to draft Shane Wright. I figured you have a chance between a winger who kind of bursts onto the scene late or a center, um, a Canadian center. I want to take the Canadian center. Just historically, that's always been a, a, a good pick high up in drafts. Um, I was wrong. The way he's developed has been insane. Everyone has been, there's there's a lot of people that have some receipts and that still maybe if people haven't caught on to the fact that what this guy's doing, what he's doing right now is insane. Um, the trajectory he's on is wild. He's going to be an absolute superstar in this league. I, I was going to
0: back you up, but fuck you. What the hell was that ricochet shot that I had to come across? Because all these Leafs fans that, I,
1: that are in my life, man, I got to deal with these Leafs fans in my group chat every day, obviously being from Toronto. <laughs> Everyone I talk to are Leafs fans. Before the season, Fraser Minton makes the team. I'm getting people texting me these tweets about, <laughs> oh, Minton's better than Slapkowski already, and Easton Cowan and all these guys. I'm like, guys, let's let's pump the brakes. This guy's 18 years old. Like what are we doing? How are we judging this guy? Already he's played 30 games in the league. Is 18 years old. What he's doing right now is insane. Um, we haven't seen Nick Suzuki produce at a at a clip like this in a while. Nick Suzuki is a very good center. Um, very good defensive center, especially offensively. Apparently he's, more he's more Patrice Bergeron wrong, comparison. You just <laughs> yeah, pretty, Patrice Bergeron light now. You know, um, no, but on, honestly, Suzuki is um, Suzuki is more of a second line center in terms of his offense, or has been at least to this point. Defensively, he's fantastic, but Since Lepkowski's been on that line, this guy's producing it over a point per game pace. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence. We've seen the playmaking ability. We've seen the shot now. We've seen how he can dominate along the boards and win puck battles, um, create turnovers with his long reach. He's just such a smart player. And obviously, you know, the plus minus is still a little bit low. I think he's been like minus 10 uh, in in 2024, even, uh, you know, despite playing very good hockey and like offensively putting up points. That's going to happen i think when you're still you know you're a 19 year old playing in this league on a top line um you're getting all the tough assignments this is basically montreal's only line they have to get all the tough assignments so i don't think you have to really worry about that part of the game you can see the way he reads the game and the way he can create turnovers and win puck battles um this is it's been in i'll be the first to admit i was i was skeptical uh i was skeptical for a while i was like always trying to stay patient with him because he is young he is big it takes time to adjust to see the way he has developed, even not even just over the last two years, but just over the course of the last like three months is wild. You can see the confidence in his game now. And um, yeah, I think that uh honestly, I don't think it's it's that bold to say that he is going to be a an all-star for for many years.
2: I still can't get over the March on Bergeron poster not comment. As well, someone who just I'm being a little I'm just. Purpose. I'm joking around a little bit here. Well, let me have really a little bit of fun.
1: I've had those... no fun for like four or five years as an fan. Man, just let me have a little bit here. Just give me a little something. Just give me a little something. I mean, so I will say to all this, like,
2: I think Rangers Twitter is a cesspool. But the stuff that you guys find, get involved <laughs> in, show me, like, all the stuff you guys send over, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would have deleted Twitter years ago. And Rangers Twitter is horrible.
0: But like you got, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, we're I don't I don't know either. We're we're psychos, angry not angry. We're always ready to go. Angry. I guess is the way to put it. We're always ready to go at I any agree. given moment. I'm ready to I'm get, ready. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you, you I, I was I was about to defend. I was about to not defend. I was about to. Hop in and like be in support of Moretto's argument and be like, yeah, you know what? I I agree with some of these points or like some of the stuff that he was saying, and then I just get fucking ricochet shot across the bow there for no. You're good lucky reason. there weren't more ricochets <laughs> right
1: there because I was about to go into a whole thing about Matthew Nyes and how Leafs Twitter was comparing, oh my God. Them, which is an insane comparison, by the way. Like you could, everyone's comparing Nyes. I disavow, Crosby, how those, much people. Better Nyes disavow is. those people. Disavow those. I know you do. I know you do. I know you do. And I don't think I think it's stupid too. But they're comparing Nice to Slavkovsky, Nice, who's two years older, who's playing on a much better team, who's playing on the top line of that team, surrounded by like Matthews and Marner. Um, and then like all of a sudden he stops producing and Slavkovsky goes on this tear. And now you like kind of go back to those receipts. And I, I'm me personally, I'm not doing it, but I see Habs Twitter and Leafs Twitter all the time. I see these Habs fans going back and being like, oh, what about your Nice and Slavkovsky comparisons now? And all, instead of like just owning it and being like, yeah, we were probably wrong instead it's like yeah imagine comparing your first overall pick with our second round pick well you guys are the ones that compare them in the first place <laughs> like oh god i can't stand it man can't stand it at least fans are the worst habs fans aren't that uh, that much better either though so you know i'll own that
0: well at least you know what moreto we're 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 part of big fan bases that care about our oh, teams no. and actually show up to games and aren't half full and our arenas are in good spots and we have competent owners and our teams are not accidentally in the bottom five of the nhl but anyways it's a conversation for another time one more topic before we can get into uh today's games and today's picks before we do uh please hit that like button subscribe here to the channel Albert, I got to ask you about it because I tweeted at you last night, uh, mostly joking as well. If people don't know what I do at this point, a lot of trolling going on there. But we saw a tweet that came out about, you know, should the Rangers trade Shisterkin? It was obviously a joke that was made by uh, Paul Bissonette on the Spin Chicklets podcast. It was very clearly a joke for those people who don't understand it. but. What's going on with the goalie situation in New York? How do you guys handle this going forward? It's just circling back here like wh- what's the what's the decisions that are going to be made about goaltending there when you look at uh when you look at those two guys in net and how you're going to kind of position yourselves to go into the playoffs whether uh you're going to choose which guy's going to be the one uh and which guy's going to be the backup there.
2: Yeah, first and foremost,
0: I'm going to bite my tongue on Paubus in that or I'm going to get us taken
2: off air permanently. Um well,
1: this is the best, it- man yeah it, what the fuck? <laughs> how could you come out of all like the that? people that have beef like the i hell? can't do it he
2: has the, the iq of a peanut like nothing he says is worth even one single shit like it's especially when it comes to the role. rangers all he's trying <laughs> yeah. to do is troll like it, he's a clown dude
1: um he is a content god man um, he's a he's clown. great great at what he does he's a clown and the fact that like i, I can't go
0: anyways clothes. goaltending goaltending goaltending
2: <laughs> um um, it, it, it's Igor's net come playoffs. I mean, there there is a large subset of Ranger fans that are still saying it is Quick's net come playoffs unless Igor is like turning into the Igor of two years ago, which is just not going to happen. Like he was just, it was like one of the best runs that any goalie has ever been on. Um, it's Igor's net come playoffs. And look, like Quick's had a very good year, but you also have to look at the fact that he's not starting 70% of games. Like, he's in this diminished role, which for someone who at this point is, I think, 36 years old, like, is the role that he needs to be in. But if you start putting him in as their everyday goalie, like, it's just not the same thing. It's just such a, it's way more of a toll on your body at this point. But they also, their ceiling is not as high, obviously, with Quick. So it's like, when you look at kind of going forward and coming towards the playoffs, like, you're only making a run if Igor kind of finds that form right so like as great as it is the quick's been good especially while igor's been struggling it's igor's net and even Laviolette came out and said that last week like anyone that thinks it's quick's net going forward is just out of their minds um obviously like the igor trade thing is just like just total nonsense (laughs) for clicks and and that kind of garbage um but but no it's igor's net um and and it will become playoffs like there's just no way you can't make that decision to go away from him unless he's like hurt or it turns into like, I don't know, a complete pumpkin, right? Like there's just no way you can do that.
0: All right. Well, there you go. I needed to give Jeremy some Rangers talk radio. I know he's not in here right now watching live, but he will be watching back and we'll be thankful that we've done this for him. So uh, there you go. There is your, breakdown of last night some Slavkovsky talk some comparisons to one of the greatest defensive centers in NHL history and no, as no, well. that was to, Suzuki no, to I, I, know, I know I know I okay. know I
1: heard Nico rant laugh is ran. Pasternak in this situation <laughs> yes right?
0: yes I got that <laughs> I got that uh, as well as some Rangers talk uh let's get into the games here today there are three so we'll go through each one of them and uh potentially the Undertaker makes a return here we'll see we'll find out but Make sure to hit that like button, subscribe here to the channel while you are watching. We appreciate all the support, appreciate everyone who's here right now. Let's first and foremost start out in Winnipeg where we are seeing a massive number on the Jets. Minus 435, best price available for Winnipeg there against the San Jose Sharks here tonight. San Jose coming in plus 370 in this one. Uh, we're seeing a total of five and a half. You can find some plus money on the under five and a halves. There, pretty widely available. Uh, Morita, what are your thoughts on where this total is currently sitting at, and uh, are we going to be getting anywhere close to having some type of discussing brothers play on the Sharks here tonight mm. against the Jets? <laughs> Don't know about that, but um, yeah. <laughs> for
1: Brett here, we're going to have a total that maybe loses by six when uh, when the Jets win. Like, why not? Nine four. Um, this yeah, this thing. is an under. I'm on the under here. Uh I, I haven't checked the line since we came on the show. Do we still have plus money available? Pretty widely available. Yes, yeah, perfect. So yeah, this is very widely five. available. All right, perfect. Um honestly, sharks have been generating a lot more offense. They've been playing some more high event hockey, but you have to take that with a grain of salt. Um, one, that's kind of schedule based a little bit, and two, now they are without Thomas Hurdle and Logan Couture, both of whom got reinjured or injured, whatever, over the all-star break. Um, they were with the team the last time they played, which was over two weeks ago. And now uh and now they are both supposed to be out tonight. Um this lineup without those two guys is I mean with those two guys it's it's miserable. Uh without those two guys, it's like very hard to look at. Um, we got a first line with Fabian Zetterlin, Mikhail Grandlin and Anthony Duclair. Uh Luke Kunin on the second line. It's it's miserable. Um, don't see them generating much against a solid defensive team. And then once they do, they have to get past Hellebuck, which you don't anticipate ending too well. Jets offensively kind of drying up a little bit. Uh, they're also like taking on the sort of team that like needs to create a lot to score goals. So yeah, I I don't look at them as a high offensive, um, high octane sort of team. Getting five and a half here at plus money is uh, is a little bit too much, should be closer to about even minus one ten, minus one ten. So I will take this under here. And um yeah, hopefully uh for Brett,
0: there's uh there's eleven goals. <laughs> there you go. The widely available plus hundred and as Peter said, um almost too widely available. Those available in like every book that we pulled up won't be for long after uh, everyone in the edge for chat goes and hits that under five and a half a plus money. Um Albert, what are your thoughts on this game here tonight are you going to be in support of this under here?
2: Yeah, how about Winnipeg Jets minus 435 for a five-unit banger to get everything (laughs) from last night back? Um, No, I'm on the under two Um, for a lot of the reasons that he said, right? Like, the Sharks, without those two guys especially, like, who's going to generate offense, let alone against a team like the Jets, who even though their scoring has dried up, are still playing very good defensive hockey. Mm -hmm. And then even when they do get chances, like, obviously, you got Hellebuck in there who's having, like, a Vesna season right now. No, I agree. Anything at plus money, I think is good. Um, Someone in there said sharks haven't played in two weeks. Like the jets also haven't played in like four days. So they're, I think they're both going to come in pretty rested there too, but yeah, I am on the under here too. Anything
0: at plus money. All right. Perfect. Uh, how does that make you feel? Rubber stamped by Matt there. Um,
1: I feel better, uh, having a rubber stamp by Matt Albert than Matt Russell right now. So, (laughs) I'm just upset that I have to take accountability for those at the start of this show. You should have been here for the first five minutes. (laughs) Hey, Hey,
2: every week we're throwing like these minus one and a half parlays on Zach. This one's your turn. (laughs) <laughs> fair
0: enough I know. I know fair enough all right, all right. let's keep, let's keep going here two more games tonight uh we got the penguins next hosting the florida panthers here pittsburgh plus 113 the panthers minus 120 120 a total of 6 there are some spatterings of 5 and a halves out there but those will be heavily juiced to the over on those matt what are your thoughts on this game the total do you have any bets in this one
2: I don't have any bets, but
0: I'm actually kind of excited to watch this game.
2: Um, I think it should be pretty good. I do want to see kind of how the Penguins look, kind of taking a bit of a step up here compared to some of the recent games. They went through a stretch. They had like Arizona. I know they had Minnesota in there. Um, so I'd love to see how they kind of do here. Florida, I mean, we think they're an elite team, right? Like I I just can't back the Penguins here, but I, I also can't wait Florida, like minus 130. Um but no, I'm I'm excited to watch this game, but I, I won't have a blood out. I bet
1: on it. Well, Moreto,
0: anything for you here? Yeah, I wish we
1: got a better price on the Panthers because I really do want to be on the Panthers. Um I don't know, I'm kinda out on Pittsburgh just like they keep trying to pull me back in and oh
0: shocker you're out on Pittsburgh been, eh?
1: they've been <laughs> unable to sustain it. yeah I'm out on Dumas I'm out on Pittsburgh um <laughs> they've been unable to sustain anything though like Matt just mentioned their their schedule and this is how this is going to be a step up for them like even with that pretty weak schedule they've had recently their underlying numbers are pretty gross like they're not good this is just not a team that's playing great hockey um I think Florida our world's better than them uh that being said it's not exactly a, a price that i'm dying to sort of pay here and um yeah i mean i think that you know the fact that the pens are still like somewhat rested ish uh just you know with the older team the fact that they did have that break they've only had a few games back from the break it does work in their favor a bit here too but i think the pens are i don't know they they can't seem to string together um any sort of good stretch here to pull themselves back into the race they might be a team that i fade a little bit more going forward but just don't quite like the price to do it tonight.
0: All right, well, final game here. And as well, we will recap uh, any bets that are given out here. We do have one so far, but we'll recap recap anything that's given out throughout the show at the very, very end. As well, you can find us over in the BetStamp app in the find better section as Edgework HQ. If you do want to track all the picks or you want to break them down, see what we've done on daily, weekly, monthly basis, see what we've done this season, or you want to break it out, sides, totals, spreads, whatever it is, you can find it all in there in the bet and app in the find better section as Edgework HQ. But final game of the night here tonight, the Arizona Coyotes hosting the Minnesota Wild. Arizona plus 106, the Wild minus 117, and a total of six here tonight. Moretta, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, is there any involvement for you? Is there any interest at all in this one?
1: The uh, the Wild have some real like Detroit Red Wings vibes to them right now where they're playing like shit but somehow getting results and somehow scoring goals. And I am waiting for the other shoe to drop in Detroit and just like I am now waiting for the other shoe to drop for the Wild. And I don't agree with this price necessarily. I don't think they should be uh, favorites fully, like to this extent at least. Um Coyotes are not playing great, but they're playing respectable hockey over the last month or so. They're playing slightly better than the Wild. Um, I just can't, I don't know, it's just, I struggle to bet against Minnesota right now. This is like a Red Wing situation where I'm kind of like somewhat learning my lesson here with the Red Wings and betting these unders and how they just keep finding ways to score goals despite generating nothing and getting caved uh, regularly. The Wild, they're doing the same thing. And so I want to kind of step in front of that right now and not really so I, I strongly lean towards the Coyotes at this price, but I just I just haven't pulled the trigger and I don't know that I will.
0: Well, where do you need it to get to for you to start to have that interest or say like, I'm in?
1: If we get to like a plus one 10-ish, um, I'll probably be more inclined. Uh, I probably will at that point just because it's a small slate and at the end of the day, I'm going to want something to, uh, to watch late at night here. So maybe I would, <laughs> but... Um, I don't know. I mean, the while they're just like the while they're playing pretty bad hockey and they're still getting these results, it's pretty uh it's pretty gross. And I don't know. Yeah, I've probably one tennis or something like that. And I would start to get involved. But like you look at some of their recent results. I don't know where the, the game on Monday against the Vegas Minnesota actually played great. And I don't know where that kind of came from. So I don't know if that's a start of like maybe a late push for a playoff spot here, even though they're pretty far out. Um, I. Uh, It's honestly, even if we get plus 110, like maybe it will be a smaller play for me. I don't anticipate getting involved like significantly in this game.
0: All right. Um, Anything for you here, Matt? So
2: he echoed a lot of what I wanted to say. The only thing I can really kind of add to that is what a step down in class this is for Arizona here. Like the last nine games, Vancouver, Nashville, Pittsburgh, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, Vegas, and then Nashville and Philly. And now you get Minnesota, who I think we both agree is like a bottom eight-ish team in the league. Um, it's certainly Coyotes are nothing. I need a little bit better number. I'm kind of in the same boat, like plus 110 or so. If someone likes the Wild and comes in, I'll get involved. But I, I'm i tired of betting against the Wild, truthfully.
1: It's the first well, time you've shown some respect to the Predators. I appreciate <laughs> that. No, they they suck.
2: <laughs> wow wow are no, so close I, i'm i'm so <laughs> no. you, want, you want to talk about teams i'm tired of betting being involved in their games like what the yeah. hell was that last night you're playing the team on the back-to-back with travel with a goalie who's also playing back-to-back and you get outshot like 50 to 19 or whatever that ended up being like i yeah. no, national stinks i'm right devils you know are, kind of the noticing. devils are the
1: devils are a bit of a juggernaut though with with hughes in the lineup offensively they're uh I don't. I don't take the team overall that seriously, just because I don't think they're going to get the saves in the end for it to matter, really. Um, yeah. But how about that, uh, they Mark are?
2: Rumor yesterday
1: that came out. Yeah. That it got. Yeah. That it got axed he, because people, of salary. Well, and yeah. Deal fell apart. Good. I. That would have been. That would have been scary for you as a Rangers fan if they got Markstrom. If they we, get Markstrom, I, I think debate. they become favorites, and it doesn't matter for you guys anyways because. Tampa's gonna finish in that wild card one and they're gonna run train on you guys in Shut the up. first round. Um but uh, yeah.
2: Shut up. Um no, we actually had this debate the other night. Um of are would you rather the devils trade for somebody like Markstrom? Or like I'm almost more afraid that they could have Nashville and somehow get Saros honestly. Yeah. Like I think that's a real possibility, especially I forget for Jake the, Allen. His name they have coming up right now. Stop it. Um <laughs> But it's like, like (laughs) you you rarely see these goalie trades in season, but this does feel like the time where it will happen, right? Like the rest of the team there is Mm -hmm. very, very good. You get to the playoffs and like, I think you'd expect Dougie Hamilton to be back at that point. Like I think, unless I'm missing someone, I think the Devils would be fully healthy going into the playoffs, but they just have this gaping hole in net right now. Like this isn't even like an Oilers situation where you don't really have much else to give. Like over the past few years, like, the Devils have a lot of young guys and prospects coming up that they could easily give to get a goalie, and if they get somebody like, they're immediately in the Cup contender um, category at that point. So it's like mm-hmm. I, I am I am very afraid of the Devils kind of making a trade for a big goalie here.
0: Yeah, yeah, Otherwise, I agree. I think that it, they also have like it's like you look at some of these other teams here, like ah, it's nice to add this, it's nice to add this piece that it'll, it'll help you here. Like that's the one where it's like no, 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 no everywhere else like you're pretty good there's one hole that this this change or improvement can drastically uh change things or help you out but yeah and it's yeah, the one it's where like you actually have the ability to do it like i was saying with the oilers yeah like, for
2: years everyone would be like the oilers and the leafs like you know this right they'd be like oh we need a goalie we need somebody to get saves." like who are you giving up to get that you look at yeah. the devils and it's like they have multiple guys, not even in the NHL right now, that teams would love to have and like would sh- would love to build around that plus picks to give up like a Markstrom or a Saros or not Jake Allen. Stop it. Um, but like, we'll th- they him, we'll are in the spot to go for like do this. a third.
0: Well, do you think the Devils circle back on that deal? Do you think that they find a way to get it done with Markstrom there? Let's talk Markstrom specifically, not a goaltender. Markstrom specifically. We know he waved sure it, we know he was ready bad, to go. That trade how... was there, but. I don't know so how dead it, it
1: actually is. So, like,
2: and, and this is where I just don't know enough. Like salary retention was the issue, was the issue that the flames would not retain salary because if so, do you just find a third team and you give them a pick or whatever to eat a couple mil million and, and then it's done, right? Like, right. if that's the issue, I think it absolutely gets done. If it was that they just didn't want to give that extra price to get there. Like, I think that'd be stupid. Well, the flames right? have like, currently
1: used uh, none of their retention spots. Like they have to use none and teams get three. So I don't know if that was necessarily the issue. Maybe it was just the fact that they didn't want to retain salary. If in which point, like you can probably circle back and either up your offer to get them to convince them to retain, or you can, um, again, like you said, get a 13 to broker it.
2: Well, that's kind of what it sounded like. It almost sounded like the flames would have retained, but they wanted more, which yeah, you should be getting more, in the trade to do that and the devils didn't want to do that which i get the saying not wanting
1: to retain fan. much though because there's two I get, years because left they may have to after that. this and like they're not in like a they're not in a situation where a lot of teams who would be trading like their franchise goalies so to speak would be um would be rebuilding right they're not rebuilding right now they're like is that a kind of being forced into a retool here yeah where they have a lot of uh impending ufas who like just don't necessarily want to re-up there, which is why they're kind of being forced into moving them. But like, they have too many guys like that are big pieces. Um, like obviously like Huberto, like Kadri, uh, like a back one who they just re-signed, who like, you're not going to move um, Uyghur to, you're not going to move them. You can't move them. You can't rebuild with guys like that signed long-term. Right. So you kind of have to like do things on the fly here. So like, I get not wanting to sort of handcuff yourselves. and like, eat you know two million of that six million for the next two years or something like that unless you're like really being paid a premium to do so
2: well that's what it is It's that he's not a pending ufa it's, it's the fact that they do have two more years and you kind of look at it and it's like i think a lot of people expect them to move tanev and probably retain this year but you even look to like the next couple of years they have a lot of pending ufas coming up and you know what like yeah I, I think we agree that this year they're not going full sell mode although i do think they continue to sell more than this in the playoffs like are they going to sign Mangiopane after next year if they're struggling? Are they going to re sign Kuzmenko next year? Like Sharon Govich, what are they going to do with Hannafin? Like, there are a lot of these guys out here that I, I get why they do not want to be the ones to retain on Markstrom. But at the same time, like, I do think it makes some sense for them to move him, um, being that they obviously have Wolf coming up, being that Markstrom's now 34, being that it seemed like the Devils, like, they eventually, I believe that they will pay a lot for a goalie here. Um, it just, uh, if I'm a Devils fan, I can't get around the fact that what would it cost you? Like an extra second round pick to have that salary retained, like a third, something like that. Like if that's the difference between starting Vitek Vanacek or what's his name? Nico Dawes in game one of the playoffs versus Jacob Markstrom. Like I would be, and and then having him another two years, I'd be furious. So like, I, I just don't, I think it does come back around. I don't know where it ends up getting done, but like I do think if I'm Calgary, if I'm Nashville, like there are teams that could use these goalies and you do have suitable replacements coming up that I think make a little bit more sense in where you are now and are probably going to be like kind of hitting their peak, I guess, um, for a much cheaper price when you are actually ready to contend. And you can get like a king's ransom for those guys at this point.
0: All right, well, recapping the picks that we have for today. We only have the one here. So uh, as Peter said, you know, something to watch after the Jets win this one, 7-5. Uh, that'll be great for considering we've got here our one bet of the night, the Sharks-Jets under 5.5 plus 100. We have a full unit on that one, but Sharks-Jets under 5.5 plus 100 was widely available there. So hopefully we can get things back on track. Let's just go 1-0, and oh, you know, keep it simple. Pick off one at a time here. Pick off one at a time. Fire alarm is every day
1: in your building
0: now. This is insane. And we went the entire show without anything happening. Um, I'm going to give it to you guys here for one last comment before we leave we're talking about some of the futures prices, some things popping up as, as we approach the trade deadline here, people might want to be able to get ahead of some of these moves, find some numbers before they start to happen, especially with teams that we're anticipating will be making trades and going to look, going to be looking to add at this deadline or as we approach Peter asked here, any Stanley cup numbers stand out at current prices? Moreto, I'll let you go first.
1: Um, I have to pull up these cards here. Uh, I haven't looked at them. I got them here. Um, 12 to one on the stars. I don't know. I'm just looking at one book right now. So I, I maybe you can shop around and find even better. I don't know if that's the best price available. Either way, that's a uh, that's a good price for sure. Um, I don't think they should be in that like 10, 12 to one range. I think they should be a little bit shorter. Um, Edmonton, the ship is sailed to buy on them. I'm not really looking to buy the Bruins at these prices. Uh, same with Colorado, unless they can address their goaltending situation. Canucks, I think, are hope somebody's not watching. Slightly overvalued still. Uh, I don't think the market is fully caught up to them. Um, Rangers are going to get bounced by Tampa on the first round. Honestly, Tampa thirty to one is Tampa thirty to one is not. Um, I, I I like that quite a bit. I don't know if they're going to necessarily win the cup, but like they have a lot of room to do something right now with uh, Sergeyev on LTIR. Obviously, Sergeyev's a huge loss, but like they now it gives them the flexibility to take a big swing too. So. Yeah, I think this team is built for the playoffs. Kucherov's just on another level right now. Um, is more than capable of getting hot. They're going to be a little bit more rested come playoff time this year based on what happened last year. I still think they're deeper up front than they have been in years past. So 30 to 1 on the Lightning and maybe like around 12 to 1-ish on the Stars, both decent bets
0: uh matt we know that you've been adding to some of your positions make miss playoffs uh so i don't know if there's any numbers out there currently available that you would recommend uh of those or if there's any stanley cup numbers as well out there uh that you're taking a look at right now
2: so i'm gonna be broke when the flyers make the playoffs is the first one like all these plus 130s plus 140s i've kept adding in recent weeks like even yesterday emily kaplan tweets how they're gonna like trade some roster players or something i'm like all right well here we go again um I do agree on the Tampa thing. I actually like looking a little bit more towards the East that around, I think it's 13 to 14 to one than necessarily the West. I just think the West is a lot stronger than the East this year, especially those teams up at the top. Um, I also kind of do like the path they might have coming through. Like there's a lot of teams in the East with a lot of question marks. Like the Bruins don't look great lately. Like the Rangers obviously have holes. Carolina has a massive hole in that. Jersey has a massive hole in net, Like even Florida, they'll look great for a stretch. And I think a lot of us believe that they're probably the best team in the East, but then they have these games that they just look bad. Um, so I think like, even them, they have some holes that said, I did also get on, I think it was Florida to have the most points in the East at, I think it was plus 230. I'd have to check that. Um, but at this point they're I think four points back with a game in hand. And again, those teams around them just have so many issues. I do think they are the most complete team. Um, but between them and Tampa, I think those are where the two are now. But like just kind of going back to Tampa, they've shown that they are going to add every single year while they have while they have this core. So you talk about losing Sergeyev and it opening up options for them. Like they're absolutely going to take a swing. Like maybe this makes them like make a big offer to Calgary for a Noah Hannafin or, or something along those lines, right? Like there's a lot of guys out there. There's Anthony Amantha out there. There's gonna be Vladimir Tarasenko out there. Like they will make a big swing here. So I do think if you like Tampa, I would try to get in here before, obviously, they kind of make a deal like that. But, um, but no, I do expect that.
0: All right, final thing before we wrap up the show here, Uh, I want to say it because we gave predictions yesterday to end the Mm -hmm. show. Moreto and I both said five game suspensions. We're both right on those. I'll give my thoughts. If you guys disagree or want to jump in, feel free to. But just kind of final wrap up on the five game suspension handed out to Morgan Riley yesterday and we won't bring it up again. I'm fine with five games. I'm fine with five games. I think five games in an isolated incident is probably fair. <laughs> five games in an isolated incidents, is probably fair outside of the five.
2: Zach's yes. building telling him to shut Are we seeing up. this right now?
0: Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, All right. Five games I think is probably fair for what he got. My problem with this is not about like looking at this one incident and saying five games, yes or no. It's looking at the overall uh, situation that George Paros has. <laughs> Yo, this is insane. It's looking at the entire body of work that George Perros has put together here as the guy that's leading the Department of Player Safety. I think that the only problem for me is that you look at the five and you just say, okay, this is the standard moving forward five games is fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Five games. It's fine. But the problem is, okay, now this is the standard that you've set. You move forward with this and you have to reasonably base other suspensions and incidents off of what you're at right now with this five games, the wording that was put into that, into the suspension that was given out. That's fine. I'm fine with how you've, how you've kind of broken things down and, (laughs) and how you've assessed this, this, Play by Morgan Riley and what you've given out, but the problem is now, how are you going to assess things moving forward? I just need consistency because I, truthfully, I I've been very open about it. It doesn't matter whether it's Leafs or Habs or Rangers players or whatever. I don't really care. But George peros has been a complete and utter disgrace to the Department of Player Safety. I genuinely think every time he makes a decision, Princeton should be should be upset that he is an alumni of their school that he went there and he represents them because I think he is a complete and utter clown that is running that operation in there. It, it, it's just a complete disgrace of what's going on for the NHL, the NHLPA and everything moving forward. I just want consistency. That's all. Five games is fine. I I expected that. I thought that that was always going to happen when they said the in-person hearing. Figure it out moving forward. I want consistency because he's been a disaster in that office and i don't think people can can really strongly disagree with that except for the fire alarm yeah the fire alarm yeah except hard. for the fire alarm all right um, <laughs> I, I i don't know if you I guys agree. have thoughts on it
2: yeah i mean i i get the five games you see it when every every time something happens you go on twitter the first thing you see is everyone trying to compare it to other events and the the one i kept seeing was and i one of you sent this over is like some cross check. I think it was last year, a couple of years ago on Jimmy VC when he was a leaf, like the most comparable thing to this, to me was David Perron on Zuba a couple months ago, like after the play, clearly just nothing other than trying to injure the guy. And I believe that got five games as well. Maybe it got six. So like, that was the most comparable thing I saw. So six, while there is, yeah. so while there is almost no consistency, I agree generally, I think they got that one right because those two were very comparable. That's what I agree. Like, there's there's no consistency on like, especially when it comes to like the headshots and stuff. Like, I was shocked that Gallagher didn't get more for that one um, a couple weeks ago. Like, there there is no consistency, but I do think that they got this one right. And and yeah, and generally speaking, I do think they've come down hard and somewhat consistent on these after the play, like blatant cheap shots that had nothing to do with the play going on at all. Um, so from that, I, I do think they got it right, but I agree. Like, I just want more consistency in general.
0: Yeah. And that's fine. You want to come down hard on it, come down hard on it. I got no problem with that. Like you want to hand out five, six games for these. That's fine. Like, again, I don't have a problem with Morgan Riley having gotten this five game suspension. I think that that's fine. It's literally just the consistency of things. Like even, even whether things are, are even lightly handed out, like Matt, I don't think you can sit there and say that Truba's slash to the head is actually $5,000 fine, whether he meant to or not. I think that there has to be like a standard set in place of like, dude, you can't you got to be careful with your stick here, and how you're going to use it. And even if it's like, yo, it was a mistake, he didn't mean to, which if that's the argument, that's fine. I could I could hear it out and get behind that. But like five thousand dollars compared to like one game, like even that is a drastic difference. So I just need consistency. I'm gonna yeah. shut up because this alarm's fucking going nuts, and I feel bad for you guys and people listening.
2: <laughs> so just to go on your point on Jacob Truba, like obviously he's done a lot of let's call it questionable shit over the last few years. um and they finally got him for what I think most would say it was probably like the least bad, bad thing he's done more or less. Um, but I do think at some point there needs to be like a, okay, you've towed the line, you've towed the line, you've towed the line. Well, now we finally had enough, like screw you. Right. Like, and that's why when he did get suspended for that, I, I didn't really have an issue with it, even though like it wasn't as bad as some of the other stuff that he's just been fined for, like not even close. Right. Like, and it's just, it's hard when you've had just that many instances to eventually not expect a suspension. So I actually don't mind that when that one kind of came across, like there there just is a point where you got to suspend the guy. Um, But no, I agree. There just needs to be like, there needs to be more consistency. But at the same time, when you talk repeat offenders, like Trubo was a repeat offender basically, right? Like his shit comes up over and over and over and over and over again. So guys like that, like, I, I'm never going to be upset when they finally get dinged for something that, like, frankly, was not that bad.
0: All right. Well, I think that'll do it for today's show. Uh, I wanted to give my thoughts on the suspension. Battle through there. Apologize, guys. I thought we were done with the fire alarms, but uh clearly not. They wait till, like, five minutes after 11 to start firing up. Uh appreciate everyone who tuned into the show here today. If you haven't already, please hit that like button, subscribe here to the channel. Reminder, we do have a watch along coming up. First watch along here on this channel tomorrow night. We'll be doing that during the Habs game, the Rangers game, uh the Leafs game as well. So all of that will be watched uh amongst some of the creators across Edgework. Make sure to tune into that, turn on notifications so you don't miss anything. But three games tonight. We do have one best bet. So, uh, for everyone out there, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 10 30 AM Eastern time, Matt, Alex, thank you guys for taking the time to do this here this morning to everyone in the chat. Thanks for showing up. Enjoy the games tonight. Good luck on your bets.